Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I'm your host, Amanda Johnson, and I am really excited. I'm always excited to do these shows. They are such a source of inspiration for me, and I trust they are for you as well. Today, I'm excited because I get to interview and talk with and converse with a new dear friend of mine. I got to know Lisa about a month and a half, two months ago, where I attended one of her events here in Sioux Falls and immediately knew I needed to connect with this woman on a much deeper level. And we have since. And it has been so much fun getting to know her and getting to see the light that she is and the gifts that she has to offer others in a very intimate way. And I'm really, really excited to share them with you. So today, my guest is Lisa Kuzman. She is a clinical social worker turned life and soul coach. Her mission is to help women find clarity and direction. She believes that learning how to trust yourself, set boundaries, and be your amazingly bright and shiny self are mission critical for having a life you love. She serves modern women who crave sassy and classy solutions for adulting because the struggle really is real. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you. As I said, um, it's been so much fun getting to know you recently, and I look forward to continuing to watch our, our personal relationship and potentially our professional relationships evolve. So this is so fun. And when I asked Lisa what it was that she stands for or what it is that she's grappling with right now, which is for me, one of my favorite questions to ask each of my guests, because as many of you know, if you've listened to this show before, this entire show is around being inspired, having spirit flow through us. So we have these conversations with that intention that those questions that we are asking ourselves, those themes or concepts that we are grappling with, that we are exploring for ourselves, will serve as inspiration, will serve as fuel for you as the listener. Because the whole point of this journey is to first explore those things within ourselves, share them with others, and then we can help heal others, but we first have to heal ourselves. And so when Lisa answered that question, I loved what she said, because we haven't yet talked about this on the show, which is this concept of leadership. And when I read that, I said, I, I know where I want to find a passage to support our conversation. I went immediately to the Tao Te Ching, which is a, a, spiritual text. I can't tell you the history of it, but it's quite ancient. And I've been reading it now on and off probably for well over a year. I haven't finished it, but there are parts that I have read. And this particular passage was one that I read quite some time ago. And I thought that it really spoke to this concept of leadership and will support Lisa and I in our conversation. So as I do in all of my episodes, I invite you as the listener and Lisa as my guest to close your eyes if you can and, and hear the words of the Tao Te Ching, the wisdom that is in these words. Now, this is one translation. There are many out there, but this is the translation I have. And I want to read a couple small um, sections from this verse to you. The greatest leader is unknown to the people. A good leader is known and beloved. 
an adequate leader is treated with respect. A poor leader is treated with disdain. Self-effacing, the leader is careful with words. Fulfilling duties and accomplishing works for all people who then will say that they did it all themselves. And I'm going to repeat that first line again. I think it sums up this verse pretty nicely. The greatest leader is unknown to the people. And Lisa, I want to ask you, as you listened to those words by Lao Tzu, what came up for you? What did you hear? What, what spoke to you? Oh, boy, it's so interesting. I have just a flurry of different thoughts going through my mind. And the very first one is how what I'm coming to believe in my heart of hearts is, is that we're all leaders and we don't give ourselves credit for the way in which we lead in our day-to-day lives. And that being a leader does not require any position, any power, any influence at all. It just means showing up and, you know, being who you are in the world. And so much of the time when we lead in that way, we're not known as leaders to the rest of the world around us, even though we're very much leading. I have chills all over my body right now. Like my, my pants are like <laughs> being pushed against with all my goosebumps on my legs right now. It's amazing. That is awesome. And so in line with some of those questions that you were sending to me that you've been asking yourself lately. And I think hearing, I hadn't even gone that far to think that when I read the greatest leader is unknown to the people, because you're absolutely right. When we show up in, in our truth as a leader, like you mentioned in something you sent me a good role model, helping people, being a mother, being a friend, being a partner to someone that may not be known to others. And so I love that you highlighted that. And the other thing that really stood out to me, and I'm curious your thoughts here about this, especially since you are a life coach now, and even in your past life of being a social worker, maybe this also rings true for you. But this passage ended with the the idea that uh, the leader, the greatest leader goes out and takes care of all of these things for others or supports others, fulfills duties for others to the point where then those people will turn around and go, oh yeah, I did this all myself, right? Like as if (laughs) the leader did it so well and with no need for the spotlight to be on them, right? That leader didn't need to say, look what I did over here, everybody. They just offered their gifts. They offered the support so that that person who they led, modeled for, whatever, didn't even realize it and thought it was all themselves doing it. So what, what does that bring up for you? Cause I love that idea. Cause for me, the idea of being a really good teacher means that the students actually don't know that it was you, right? Like they think they did it yeah. themselves. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that being a life coach and a former social worker even? Yeah. Well, I think that that is the epitome of having great skills, right? So if you have the ability to interact interact with a group of people or a singular person and the way you show up in connection with them 
allows for them to be a more full expression of themselves or to connect the dots and figure things out that 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 really is it, it is it does take quite a bit of skill that's not very often by accident when that occurs um, and it's such a beautiful thing it feels like magic I think on all sides of the coin and it's so wonderful and delightful for me when that happens as I work with people that I, it, it's there's just no need for any credit because the client or the person that I'm working with or whomever I'm interacting with has that figured out for themselves and then it's theirs, right? And that they can embody that and own that for themselves is such a is such a gift that there's no need to take any recognition along the way because it's so beautiful when that happens. It was one of the reasons why I had such difficulty with doing marketing for my business because for people to understand sort of the way I work, I have to tell stories, but they're not really my stories. I'm just, I get to be a part of this short path as I'm walking alongside someone. That's sort of what comes up for me in that regard. Yeah. And to think about marketing that I love this, and maybe we need to take a quick detour down this road because so many of us, at least I know I also struggle with that. And if anyone out there is in that more traditional, like entrepreneurial teacher role, they may also be grappling with this. Um, but I, and I also want to look at all the other ways we can be leaders in our lives. But this question is, is coming up about how do we market? How do we promote? How do we say, here I am in a way that remains authentic and remains true to the greatest leader is unknown to the people that mm -hmm. it isn't me doing that for you. You're doing that for you. I'm simply here to <laughs> model it, to shine my light, to show up. So what, how is that coming up for you? You know, now in the past, what's that looking like? Well, I tell you, I wasn't able to create a sale. I hate it. I even hate that language. Have much um, expansion or growth in my business while I looked at the need to, you know, sell essentially or to make money. Um, once I started, and this comes from my social work days, is I realized that when I was a social worker, I would advocate to the ends of the earth for my clients. I would do a lot of things that made me uncomfortable in advocacy. Someone needs housing, I'm going to go and talk to the right person if they're being discriminated against. Someone can't pay their bills and they're getting all these extra fees, I'm going to make a phone call that's sort of uncomfortable to help in that way. So once I realized that now as a coach, my advocacy is in helping my clients understand how I can be of service to them before I serve them, right? Because they can't know how I can be helpful to them unless I share that with them and that that is the new advocacy on my part as a life coach. Before as a social worker, because I didn't have to go out and find my clients and bring them in, I had a, a, you know, a long line of people who were sort of constantly circling in and out of my office. I didn't ever have to go find them. They, they found me because of my organization. So when I look at that differently, and I think now about how, to me, advocacy is so incredibly important, and that because of the nature of life coach and that title and the way in which people 
receive assistance or support or help or however you want to label that, it is important for me to help them understand how I can be an advocate for them. But that has to happen on the front end because then once they're my client, then I can show them and prove to them that I really do have all of these skills. But until they hire me, there's no way I can really demonstrate that for them unless I tell stories and build relationships and help them understand what it is that I do. So once I shifted to think about sales as advocacy, then it was easier to pick up the phone and to remind someone of a connection that we had had and to tell them a little bit more about me or to show up in certain networking environments basically to do the things that make me feel a little uneasy or a little uncomfortable because I don't want to be that gross sales salesy thing that so many people are turned off by. And in doing so and thinking about it as advocacy and providing education and building relationships, that has then shifted things very dramatically for me as far as business goes. So now it's not hard for me to find clients and to have sort of new business coming in and new relationships, but it's uh, the way I see it and how I feel about it has changed very much so. And I love this concept of advocacy as a new lens or a new perspective for sales or marketing or promotion as not that any of those words are bad or wrong. They have, a, many of them though have this I don't know, essence to them, right? We kind of have this, right? We have a reaction to them because of how we either have seen them played out in the world or what we think of them because of our belief systems, et cetera. I really love that reframe that we are advocating (laughs) for ourselves, for what we, and not just for ourselves, we are advocating our gifts for that other person, for these other people. And I think Mm -hmm. about that again, in terms of having written a book, guess what? No one's going to receive any inspiration if no one knows about it, right? So we we do need right. to advocate for ourselves. And I love that term. I think words are important, yet imperfect. And that's a really strong word. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I wanted to add one other ahead. quick thought here that's just really coming up is I think that all of the language around sales uh, that is pretty typical in the business world is are very masculine and sort of old business model. And I think that as more and more um, women step into our roles in business and our place in the world of entrepreneurship and writing and however we're showing up now that's a little different than before, is, is that this divine feminine essence uh, in us is coming up against this more masculine, older business model, and it's not working, which is why there's a reason to find new language and a new framework for how we interact with our clients and the making of money, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I love, again, that we're pointing out, you know, a lot, very commonly, are we starting to hear more about the masculine and the feminine and the need for that balance? You know, we've been so imbalanced for so long into the masculine. And we are swinging the other way, which may mean we become a little bit imbalanced in the feminine if we aren't if we aren't aware. And then we bring that the power and the 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 just goodness of the feminine, and we bring it back to that center. We say, okay, how can we bring both of these together? So we're not saying we aren't going to go out and market ourselves or promote ourselves. 
we're going to do it in a way that uses some of our feminine gifts and skill sets and wisdom, right? We're going to merge it. So a lot of conversations around how we can be a little too in the feminine, right? Where, um, and I know for me, I've just been having this like flashing light lesson over within the three day period. I kid you not on Friday, I heard someone tell me that any of our strengths used in excess become a weakness. So again, if we're way too far in the feminine or if we're way too far in the masculine, right? Either one, if used in excess, so at the extreme, they become weaknesses. And then again, I was reading in a Richard Rohr book last night how our gifts in excess become things to concern ourselves with, right? Um, they also, again, it's the same same meaning, different words that and anything in excess can actually turn itself against us. So I thought that's really interesting and a little off topic. I don't know if we need to go down there unless something's really coming up for you right now, but I wanted to share as you talked about the feminine way of approaching this. I do want to ask about how else we are leaders. So the fact that you said that right at the beginning of the show is that, you know, that passage reminds you that we don't have to, leadership doesn't have to look a certain way or being called a leader doesn't have to look a certain way. Can you talk a little bit more about that, what that means to you, where that idea has been bubbling up from for you? Well, um, a lot of this comes from, and I don't want to get too much into politics. It's a little hard these days, depending on um, how you feel about the world and state of affairs. But a lot of this originated for me um, with our our current presidential election during that time, I was let's see that was in November and in August I had started being a full time entrepreneur and doing being a life coach 100% of the time instead of being a coach part time while working full time as a social worker within the VA medical system and so here I found myself at a time that I and many people around me were being very triggered and not quite knowing how to reconcile that, uh, realizing that I had had a, an amazing system of support and like-minded others with me as a social worker within the, the hospital system, and that as I was you know, sort of grappling with and trying to make sense of things in the world and my stand and like what to quote-unquote quote what to do, I realized that I didn't, I was alone. I was now alone and I no longer had this natural system that I could lean on that could help give me guidance as to what quote unquote to do. And I was feeling very called like what, what is my role here? What's my responsibility? And the ways in which I was feeling very called to take action like, well, what do I do? How do I do that? And I realized that in the past, what I had always done is I had always been a part of either nonprofit or government organizations, and those organizations as a whole would take a stand and would choose to support a cause in a certain way, and a lot of uh, my coworkers and myself would be like-minded, and then I could just sort of join up with whatever that was. I didn't usually make those decisions um, based on what I would do as a singular person. I kind of went with the flow and, you know, sort of hid a little bit behind what that organization was doing and let that be enough. And so here I was all of a sudden, um, all by myself, and I didn't know what to do or how to serve. 
And I knew that I needed to do something, like I was feeling called to do something. So I started really asking myself, okay, well, what does one do? What do I do? How do I feel? How will I lead? How can I be of service? And that's when a lot of these questions started coming up for me. And then as those questions started coming up, there was some real doubts and some real insecurities. Well, who am I? to say X, Y, and Z, or to feel X, Y, and Z, or to take a stand for whatever. And I started realizing that it didn't really matter whether or not everyone was on board with me, whether my friends or family agreed, and that I could have the opportunity to be a voice. And if anything, I just did it for myself. But I also recognized that in my role as coach, um, serving young women, I work with uh, 20-somethings typically, they, I knew they were looking to me as well for a little bit of guidance or support or acknowledgement. Um, and I thought, well, even if I have, you know, two clients, five clients, 10 clients, 20 clients, it doesn't matter. I can lead in this way and support this group of women. And that's enough. And that's okay. And if it's as simple as that, well, that's what I'll do. That's really powerful. And to claim, first of all, the recognition of I'm no longer a part of this other large entity that I can then pass off my own responsibility and say, well, I'll just go along with them. That's a really powerful recognition and one that I'm curious how many of us have made in our life, whether that be our family or the corporation we work for or the group of friends we hang out with right? Where we can default mm -hmm. or say, well, this is how they feel. This is how, what they think. I'll, I'll go along with that. And so part of this idea of being a leader is finding and claiming your own voice, your own opinion, your own ideals and saying, this yeah. is what I stand for. This is what I, how I want to show up. And so first it was that. And then to say, now, how can I put this to use? How can I serve? And with, in your case, this started to look like working with these 20 something year olds, for the most part, saying, I'm going to serve these women, I'm going to be a guide for them, a mentor, a support. And I love that. I love that. What else is coming up for me around how else we can be leaders? You said something also in what you sent to me about, you know, a, a leader doesn't have to be a CEO in a pencil skirt, or <laughs> uh, the president of the United States, for example, for you, what, what is a leader and what makes a leader a leader? Yeah. Ooh, good question. So what is a leader? What makes a leader a leader? I honestly think that we're all leaders, whether we choose to embrace that or not, it, we all have it within and, um, simply saying what needs to be said for standing up for what we believe in, for supporting other people in need. I mean, it gets so simple. Part of me wants to say just doing the right thing, and then you're a leader, you know? If you see someone being bullied or shamed or accused of something that you know is not true, this simple thing is to, to speak up, to stand up, to do and say something rather than remain silent. And it often feels harder to say something than to remain silent. And I think it's so easy to just remain silent. So I would say that um, what it takes to be a leader is, is simply choosing to do the thing that you are 
being called to do in your heart, the thing that is that intuition that says, oh, do the thing, say the thing, go to that place, uh, show up, be seen. And then, well, let me, I'm going to pause you right there because I'm just full of chills again, which is such a great, I love that about these shows. So let me first address what you said, then I'll ask the other question partially, um, which you already started on. The fact that you're saying that what it takes to be a leader is really to stand in your own integrity, to listen to your intuition. What I love about this is that to your point, everyone is a leader or can be a leader should they choose to accept that challenge. Should they choose to say, yes, I am willing to listen to my intuition in this moment. And that may mean that I need to stand up for someone else. It may mean that I need to respond to that inappropriate comment. I may need to stand up against that bullying, or I may need to actually do what my intuition says for me to do, like leave this relationship, start a new job, stay in this relationship, stay in this job, you know, uh, treat my body in a more healthy, honoring way, whatever it may be. Being a leader is to listen to that voice within and have the courage to then do what it says. Because some of us will hear it. I think there's practice in hearing it. And then when we do hear it, do we have the courage to actually follow through? And I love how this also goes back to what you said earlier about having to do those uncomfortable things. You did it as a social worker when you were an advocate for your clients. You had to get on the call of the phone and have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody, but it was the right thing to do for that person. And again, as a coach, advocating for yourself so that people knew how you could help and support them felt uncomfortable at first, but it was the right thing to do for you and for that person. So I just love how we're talking about what it means to be a leader is really listening to ourselves and then doing the uncomfortable. What's coming up for you right now? I think that there is what we see as traditional leaders, the kinds of people who are going to um, very definitively step out front, what, whatever that perceived front is, and they're going to be the directors. They're going to be the people, and when I say director, I don't mean director of an organization, I mean the person who's going to give direction and say, we'll go this way, do these things. And that director role is very seen. It's um, a little bit more out there. It is definitely more visible. So there's, that's one way to lead. Not all people are comfortable leading in that way. And I think there are other people who are more the silent, quiet types who sort of stand towards the front and people naturally follow them, but they're not necessarily owning that presence of director. They're still leading and they're still modeling behavior and they're still showing up in a great presence, but they're, they're doing it in a, a quieter, softer, less on stage kind of way. And, and I think what's great is we need both. And I really think that you can be both at the same time, right? So you can be the kind of leader who is a part of the whole, and then you can let everyone have a voice and let everyone have autonomy and lead in a way where you're a part of the whole and you're not differentiating yourself as anything greater or 
different than the rest of the whole, but then still be in a place where when needed, you can shift your energy and step into the place of the director because that's also can also be an important responsibility for people who are leading. And that you can you can be both, but not maybe all the time. And that to me is a very beautiful way of leading. I'd love to know if where is this idea of leadership coming up for you personally right now? So where is that where is that tension for you? Or is there tension for you right now? around it? Well, I will say that I've definitely um, come to feel a lot more comfortable in the way that I want to lead as an entrepreneur. My question for myself now is how, how can I show up and be seen in a bigger way, in a more expanded way? Now that I've adjusted to this, this particular way of being, I feel called yet again to to step up further and expand more. A lot of that is coming from speaking uh, and speaking in front of groups. It's not something that I have been comfortable with in the past, but I'm growing more and more comfortable and confident in doing so. And I am finding myself enjoying it, which just seems crazy, but I am. And also in the way in which I serve my clients, how can I be of more service and touch more lives. And to me, that's a part of what I'm feeling called forward to do, which is serve more people. And so in what way can I step up and do that? How is that actionable for me in, in the way that I, I work in the world now as a coach? Awesome. And I'm curious, you started off by saying, now that I have, I'm clearer on how I want to be a leader in this role as an entrepreneur, what is that for you? How, what have you come to terms with for you? What, how do you want to show up as a leader? So interesting to put words to all of this. It's just been such an energetic thing for me. So for me, being how I want to show up as a leader is by addressing the things that are impacting the women that I'm serving. So there's so many things that come up as I coach young women and um, people in general that are often un, unseen and not spoken to, like that we don't, we don't speak to in our society, we don't give voice to these struggles that many, many people are struggling with. And we all feel so very, very alone in our struggle. And so how can I, as I show up and speak, as I write my blog, as I consider writing a book, how is it that I can be a bit of a mouthpiece for helping people not feel so alone and for speaking to these things that are very common but often untouched because they're difficult topics and situations. And then also I think is that, you know, like when I first started telling people that I was coaching 20-somethings, navigating adulting, I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, that's a horrible business plan. Don't do that. <laughs> um, 20-somethings can't afford to pay you. Why would you work with 20-somethings? They're like these silly little millennials. And I'm like, no, they're amazing and they're wonderful. And there's really critical things that happen in our 20s. 
and no one's helping and I want to help and I think I can and I feel really passionate about it. And I just kept getting all of this pushback and I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And so just by simply like claiming, like I do this and it's important and it's valid. (laughs) And so even just in continuing to show up and to serve them and to support them through what they're struggling with, because it is valid. And I don't think a lot of people are doing it. So it feels important to me anyway. Um, and it's definitely not like a popular business plan, but who the hell cares? <laughs> well, this is your social worker coming out. You know, it's like, I'm going to advocate, you know, for the, for those in need. And it may not be the thing that's going to make me the most money right away, but I'm going to do it because it's important and it's the right thing to do. And of course, It's not the same thing, but I love that you, what I see, the core thread of you as a social worker, you as a life coach, you as a speaker, you as a writer, you as, you know, however you show up is you want to stand up for the other, you, you know, those you around you, you want to give voice to the things that aren't being given a voice. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really Awesome. And it's cool because another thing I want to remind all of us about is that the way we show up and share our gifts and serve as a leader can evolve and change throughout our lifetime. And Mm -hmm. yet we may, if we pay attention, notice that there is something threading it all together. And that is our gift. That is our, that unique part of us that only we are here to do. So I love to see how that's already being threaded through and will continue, I'm sure, as you expand and and reach more and more people. So that's awesome. Lisa, is there anything else uh, coming up for you before we shift gears and I ask my rapid fire questions? Anything else on this idea of leadership that you feel hasn't been given voice yet? Uh, yeah, the only other thing for me is um, what I'm finding to be so true is, is that it can, when we feel drawn to lead in a certain way, we can want to drop into the energy of saying, hey, mom, hey, partner, hey, friend, hey, organization, hey, world, don't you think this is the right thing to do? Don't you think that this is a worthwhile cause? (laughs) And we can get really caught up in wanting to have permission and support and the reality is is that that is likely not going to come in the way in which we want it to come and that by simply trusting our inner knowing is the most important part and that when we follow that inner knowing because when we know it it's it's just really it's true for us it's like a hundred percent certainty and when you have that 100% certainty, internal knowing to just go for it and to not let yourself drop into that need for support and permission and to give that to yourself and to just be vigilant about doing the thing that you know that you need to do because people will catch on, um, but they're not going to believe it before you do. So you have to you know, sort of be the leader even in that own way of claiming it and sticking to it and and carving out that path. And, and then you will get that as you go on, most likely, especially for the people who love you the very most. 
but they're very, very rarely going to have that full support for you in the way in which you want it before you embody it yourself. I am always blown away by what comes out of people's mouths when I say, is there anything else you want to share? Because it is gold. It is pure gold. And I swear what you just said was meant for me specifically. I imagine a few other people might get something from it, I hope, but I don't care if they don't because that was meant for me. (laughs) So I am claiming that. Thank you so much for saying that, Lisa. Wow, did I need to hear that today. Okay. Well, with that, man, let's start with my questions that I end each of our shows with to learn a little bit more about you and how people can get in touch. So my first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? I have so many sources of inspiration, but I would have to say um, the work of Brene Brown is always such a great source of inspiration. She's a, a social work researcher, and she has done a lot of qualitative work around fear, shame, authenticity, and vulnerability. And the way in which she tells her stories and gives examples and shares her research is so powerful for anyone and everyone, but really helps or has helped me come to terms with like how to, how to overcome the things that are hard to overcome so that I can step up and lead in the way that I want to. And a lot of that is around fear and vulnerability and understanding the intricacies about how that affects us day to day. So I would say Brene Brown uh, in this moment is going to pop to the top for me. Awesome. Yeah, those are never easy questions to answer. So I appreciate going with whatever's present. And her work is phenomenal. And I'm glad that you brought her to this table in case someone listening has not yet heard of her. And even if they have, they're reminded of her, her power right now. My second question is what place or activity is currently inspiring you? So um, my best friend and I have read a book called um, The Miracle Morning. And she asked me at the beginning of October if I would do this challenge with her, which is to practice the miracle morning and to do it for the month of October. And then we just rewarded ourselves with a lunch. Um, We met halfway. She lives in Des Moines and I live here in Sioux Falls. So we met in Omaha and had some lunch as our reward for doing the miracle morning. And essentially it's um, an activity of doing six different things. One is journaling, mindfulness, reading affirmations, visualization, and then some form of exercise. And you can do however much of each thing you want um, to make it work for you and your life. And I have found that miracle morning um, sequence of things and trying to be regular. I have not done it every day like I had hoped to, but to be regular within the course of a week has been very powerful and very inspirational. And I'm so very glad that she challenged me and held me accountable along the way. That's phenomenal. And I haven't heard of that before. And just this morning, I was also talking with a couple of my besties about this, the power of ritual in the morning specifically. So I really love that you're reminding us of this. And, and maybe it's finding a way to make it work for you, which is, of course, the only way anything's going to work. And <laughs> And I love that you did the challenge and now you can see what you keep and carry forward and continue to um, feel inspired by. So congratulations. And that leads me to my next question, which is um, a favorite book that has served as inspiration for you. And I imagine you have many, you just mentioned one, but 
picking one that really stands out or that pops to your mind right in this moment, what would a book be that has served as an inspiration for you? I'm going to say two. So one is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And the second is um, Playing Big by Tara Moore. So I'm um, so excited. I'm, you, can, you can elaborate in a minute, but I'm thrilled you just said The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks because here's why. A, I forgot I read that book <laughs> and I loved it. And I haven't heard anyone talk about it in like a couple of years. So anyhow, yay. I'm thrilled that was on your list today. Yeah. So um, The Big Leap is amazing. Um, it's a really incredible, simple way of helping people understand how we are or can be holding back and how to continue to um, expand ourselves and step into sort of the full expression of what we have to offer in the world. It's really cool. But then the other book, the, let's see, Playing Big by Tara Moore, that is a book that I have found to have had such power um, and influence for me as I think about leadership and um, leadership for women in, in today's time. So um, if anyone's listening and they're kind of curious about this conversation and this concept around leadership and how to start showing up and lead more, that book would be an excellent reference for, for the ladies. Awesome. Yeah, good. Two really nice options for, for listeners. Beautiful. And I have yet to read Playing Big. I've heard it said, I think maybe even on this show before, Never the Big Leap. And uh, definitely I've heard about it in my circles that I run in and I have yet to pick it up. So maybe I'm getting nudged in that direction again. A couple more questions. One uh, is that now that people have gotten to hear your truth and your light and your just interest in how you want to show up and be an advocate for others, and they are inspired to reach out, where can they find you? Well, you can find me online. My website is lisakuzman.com. And I'm also here locally. So I always, if anyone is just kind of curious to learn a little bit more about me, what I offer the world, how they might work with me, I always do free consultations. I do that for two reasons. One, I want you to know who I am and to feel comfortable in um, creating a relationship with me to see if I am going to be the right fit for you. And the other part is me figuring out whether or not I feel like I'm a good fit um, because I don't like to work with people unless I really, really, really energetically am connecting with them and or if I feel like I can serve them. So I do not take on clients if I don't feel like I'm the best fit because I want to be uh, in integrity around what it is that I have to offer. And, you know, there's so many incredible coaches and services out there in the world that if it doesn't feel like it's 100% in alignment, then then I will honor that as well. So uh, free consultations. We can hop on the phone and chat about anything that might be coming up and I can answer any questions that people have. And that's where to find me online. Uh, my phone number is 605-309-0800. And my email is lisa at lisakuzman, K-U-Z-M-A-N.com. So those are a couple of other options. Awesome. And she's fantastic to meet. If you live in Sioux Falls or nearby, do reach out in that form and, and otherwise send her an email, find her online. And those links will be in our uh, show notes as well if you just need to click it later. Okay, Lisa, one more is if what is it that you're creating right now that is just lighting you up and inspiring you? So it could be in your work, it could be in your personal life, but what is it that you're creating right now? 
Yes. Well, I am. So I'm a facilitator for the work of Danielle Laporte. And um, Danielle has written a couple books that are also processes or processes, however you say that. Um, one is the desire map, but fire starter sessions is something that is something I am newly facilitating. And essentially, this is uh, a book that I call my entrepreneurial Bible. I read it every year in January, and I've just become a facilitator for this work. And essentially, it is a soulful and practical guide uh, for creating success on your own terms. For people who are interested in getting set up as an entrepreneur or really getting curious about how they want to show up in the world and how they want to make money and answering some questions around that so that they feel more connected to the work that they're doing. And I am going to be offering a class. Uh, I'm so close to setting the date, but it looks like it is going to be um, December 8th, 9th, or 10th, right in there in that weekend. I can't decide if I want to do like a Friday or a Saturday. So that's coming up and should be scheduled and available for um, getting signed up very shortly. Very exciting. And of course, they could find that out on your website, I imagine, or shoot you an email if they're interested as well. So fantastic. Yes. Yeah, good. And again, I would highly recommend if you're in the area and can join those live, do so. And of course, reach out if you aren't and want to do something more virtual with Lisa, because I know she offers that as well. Lisa, this has been a tremendous pleasure of mine. And I really enjoyed where our conversation went when it came to what it means to be a leader and how we show up as leaders in our lives. So thank you for trusting me with this and just going along with me on this fantastical ride. Yeah, my my pleasure as well. Thank you so much. It's always so very fun to have these conversations and it's such an honor. So thank you. And I'm so excited to see how this resonates for people. Absolutely. Yeah, I trust that somebody got exactly what they needed today from this. Um, so that is why we do what we do. That is why we share our guests with others. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in and listening again. This has been so fun for me to be back in the swing of my conversations with others in this space, and there are more to come. So continue to tune in or subscribe if you haven't already to the radio show. And until next time, many blessings to you all.